Everybody and welcome to another installment of Pod Stallions. Me are Brian, him are Jason. How Goodbye, are you, Jason? Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Um, how are you doing, Matt? I'm all right. How are you doing? I- I'm okay. Um, you know, uh, it's it's uh, a nice uh, hot spring, and um, I'm enjoying the outside and the, as much sunshine as my doctor says I can have. Uh, which, which isn't very much. And, um, you know, I, uh, I, I really can't complain. Things are well. I did my first uh, live stream on YouTube on Saturday night. Um, and I it, heard about Yeah, and uh, people want you in the next one. I think that's a great idea. And I just have to figure out how to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, what I, th- I think we came up with this topic today so i think it's a really fun one we were going to talk about sci-fi weaponry one of our favorite subjects definitely one of mine and oh, i, think I uh, totally you oh my you you, you collect toy um, guns and such so i would imagine you're being a bond <clears throat> fan you're into science fiction weaponry as much as i am no i don't know what it is about it but it's always been kind of fascinating to me and um especially the more accurate stuff, but I, I love futuristic designs and I love uh, iconic weaponry, um, mainly, you know, stuff, but, um, but I'm happy to talk about any of it. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I didn't know where to go or begin with this, but do you remember that book from Starlog? I think it was called sci-fi weapons, wasn't it? Oh yeah. I remember that. I think yeah. I had that. I think I did too. Um, and I wish I had it again. Uh, wait a minute. Is it available somewhere? That'd be fun if we could find it online. Um, no, I don't know where it is. One, of those, co- books that had, had, one of those books had contributions from Steve Sansweet. That was, was the, the vintage toy one. Okay. And okay, uh, I actually posted scans of that in the Pod Stions group. Oh. Yeah. I think I had that one, too, because they were always advertised in the back of... Uh, back to Starlog. But yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, uh that one especially I still have the the sci- that one, but I used to find them in used bookstores sometimes and that would be um a good day, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it uh it was I think it probably started with with Star Trek and I had the um I had the Mego phaser. I had the utility belt that uh who made the utility belt ideal remco remco what am i thinking remco um and then i had the migo uh phaser that had discs that went in the front and made that chirping sound and then it you know i carried that that actually that was by remco as well oh that was remco yes yeah migo's phaser was like a very early laser tag kind of deal with the disc that had like a Klingon cruiser on it, sort of thing. That was the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I never. Yeah. Had that. <clears throat> I had the. This is why I'm getting mixed up because I had the communicators. Oh, I see. 
And I had, and so I had the Remco phaser and I just loved that thing. And I loved that thing. Uh, and then, uh, then of course Star Wars hit and all I wanted, you know, for two or three Christmases was the Han Solo <laughs> laser pistol. Um, yeah, I never had that. I had the rifle. I had the rifle. My, my, the, the very first time I asked it would have been 78. Yeah. Uh, my mother, bless her. You know, I, I loved it just as much. She got me the three three position laser rifle the only time it was made that way was yeah I, that's the one the i had it, uh it it had the the didn't it have like a basically a barber pole effect inside yeah like a yellow yeah. yellow sticker yeah. yeah made like a whirring sound mm-hmm. um and but you know it wasn't the han solo one and then the next christmas or birthday or something it was something else and then the next time it was some other generic one that was just like laser pistol on the side and it looked like a cone oh, front. Yeah. you know and <clears throat> i was i was fine i never made a fuss i wasn't that kid but i never got it and um just i just think it's one of the greatest designs ever uh you know in the history of of, of science fiction but i also remember right around the time of star wars my dad getting me that big uh, book of Buck Rogers reprints that had the intro from was it the intro from Bradbury in the front? Oh, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was in in the very back of this book, they had three or four pages of black and white photos of Buck Rogers uh, collectibles from the 30s and 40s, like a pair of roller skates, a bike. Uh, a puzzle or something and they had these black and white shots of i think two different disintegrator pistols and i really wanted that disintegrator pistol you see those around still they they were made of like tin so they're like really uh long lived you know like i see them occasionally in antique malls yeah and i i remember the first time i i saw one of them was at an antique spot that my dad took me to. And there it was in the in the case. And it was slightly beat up. But I just I couldn't. It was like an artifact. I couldn't believe this thing, you know, existed. Um, and, you know, Go Hero a few years back made a beautiful uh, redo of the date. It's the day. I think Daisy made it. Uh, and they did a reissue of it. And it's gorgeous. And it comes in a wooden box and stuff. But I think the combination of... Um, star trek star wars and then seeing those and going oh my god they made these back then they made toy toy lasers like this back then um i just became sort of mildly obsessed with with weapons from 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 movies and stuff and and yeah replica yeah yeah i i I can remember um star wars definitely was was one of my inspirations but also doctor who because they would do um you know, new designs every four weeks, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever story that needed laser guns. So you'd see all these crazy designs. Um, and, and like, um, one of my favorite guns in, in Doctor Who is from the, one of my favorite episodes, which is the Ark in Space. And it's this oh, sort of yeah. like, I forget. It's like an electric blaster they use to kill the Warren or stop the Warren. And I remember being a kid and thinking that is the, and the effect they used, you know, which I know Doctor Who effects aren't the greatest, but they, you know, they kind of overlaid some lightning. And I just, I remember thinking that was really cool. And then I got the the Doctor Who sound effects record. 
um, which which had that sound on it as well. Remember that that record? Yeah, and I remember that those guns because they had. The thing is, like, when you go back and and look at those, um, you know, I I would say well, it's even some of the '60s, but it's it's it's. I don't think it gets talked about enough just how uh, impressive what this the design teams did on that show. Again, it's very easy, of course, to write it off and say, well, they only had four dollars to make this stuff, et cetera. But but they were doing it different each time. Every yeah. time the story, they, had, they were on the clock. I mean, I was just watching rewatching this uh, DVD, the, the newest issue of the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy uh tv series and it's got like three discs and one of the the third disc had raw video on the day you know these scenes that didn't make it in or different takes and stuff and it there isn't even a pause between (laughs) action and them saying a line there's not even like a a 10 second pause before they get to a spot and speak to each other or and then when they're done with the scene, it's like, okay, rep, moving on. Or they'll go, hold it. You know, something's in chat. I mean, they, you just, when you watch this raw stuff, you just get the sense the clock is ticking. They have oh, yeah. to do in so little time. There's no time for four. Well, there's no, there was no such thing as overtime, right, in those productions? I thought I, that I'd, I'd I read that basically the I, union just shut them down. It, they literally just shut off the lights. Like, yeah. that was it. you don't, you know, and... And which makes it even even more incredible when you think about the performances, the actors they would get for these things and they're making scale or whatever it was. But so many of them were trained. Uh, they they most of them kind of, you know, they had theater training, so they knew they, they knew how to hit their marks and stuff. Um, but there was just no time to do multiple takes of things and, you know, work on scripts and everything else. And so anyway, what I'm getting at is. That every time out the gate, they got to redesign a ship or, or, or a new civilization or new weaponry or whatever. And some of this stuff is just like I love I love that same gun you're talking about, because what it did, too, is it sort of it's sort of symmetrically weird. Like it's it's yeah. sort of a handle and it comes out in, in a weird way to, you know, towards you. And then the cone part in the front opens up like an like an egg like one of those egg toys that you yeah. spin. that's what made, that's what it made me think of was the the spinny egg toy thing that would tin a tin egg that would spin and open up and something was inside the egg when you push the the lever with your with your thumb and then the lighting and you're like well this is a incredible design yeah or you know for four weeks for four episodes of a thing that that as far as they're concerned at the time no one's going to see this again. Like this is not. And it makes it gives you pause because there was this big budget Spielberg produced TV show on like NBC a few years ago, mm-hmm. and the guns, like the internet busted it. The guns were Nerf guns. Come on. Painted different covers. Yeah, I I can't I can't quite remember the show. I, I could probably find it again, but it you know huge budget show and somebody just went to Toys R Us when it was still around. <laughs> and bought some nerf blasters and it was like even i was kind of like you gotta be kidding me like wow yeah um yeah it's it's really it's uh it it, i don't know why someone hasn't done a book of all that kind of stuff from from doctor who like we got that technical manual in the early 80s and you know a few things here and there but i think somebody could 
if you just did, you know, design work, like uh, there's, there's a great cross-section book for the Thunderbirds vehicles. I mean, somebody yeah, could... Jerry Anderson stuff is always really well documented. Um, yeah, you know, unlike uh, Doctor Who. <laughs> unlike Doctor Who. You know, and, and just speaking of that, like Jerry Anderson programs um, always have the best hardware. Um, oh we- Weapon-wise, you know, um, uh, I'm a, you know, a, an ardent fan of UFO and Space 1999, and like almost every weapon on that show is cool as hell, oh. you know. Um, the Captain Scarlet gun is cool. The the Joe Knight briefcase and you know little mini pistol with the silencer and the um, the Space 1999 stuff, the UFO stuff, like it's all just gorgeous yeah. stuff. I mean, there must have been some overlay of people that worked on both shows right or oh, absolutely anime. absolutely yeah. i would say that most of the prop people like and i i forgive me I, I didn't look this up but i'd say a lot of the prop and model department were carried over like you know derek mettings i believe did the effects for ufo yes um so he, that he you know he would be carried over from thunderbirds and all that yeah. and and um you know i think i think it changed to like brian johnson for space 1999 but Still, like a lot of the designers and and prop people are probably carryovers. Um, the um, the stuff in UFO, you know, the the aliens guns and the acoustic guns, and uh, my favorite are the shadow rifles. I just think they look so cool. Um, and I, you know, <laughs> yeah. there there's really nothing. Um, they're, they're just so stylized. Everything is so stylized. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know if these would be practical. Weapons, <clears throat> no, but, but they, but they, they're all, everything that you've just mentioned, like that whole, you know, each one of those shows, it's, 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 um, you know, it's, it's believable within the aesthetic of the show. Yeah. Like it just kind of makes sense. Like the space 1999 stuff I, I used to love that gun i i yeah i i think i might have had like a water pistol maybe or something but i don't remember but i always wanted that that gun like a you know the disc one or whatever because i just think it's one of the coolest designs ever um but it's i mean there's real thought put into to all of this stuff i mean the anderson stuff i would imagine i mean the you know 1999 was a huge budget right wasn't that a yeah, it was it was a high budget for the time. I think, uh, it, you know, again, I, I'm going on memory here, but I think it was like 200 grand an episode, which at the time was um, lofty for syndicated program. Yeah, you know. But uh, I mean, they they the thing about because uh, going back to Doctor Who, I was thinking about the Santaran gun from Santaran experiments because he uses a pistol. Yeah. Instead instead of the stick. But like they they would do such a good job of making these strange weapons yes. that that didn't look like a traditional weapon necessarily you know and, and I guess I guess because of the budget too they actually had to work on camera a lot of the time right you know? or a light bulb in it or something and and you know the effects right and Blake Seven too they had some weird <laughs> actually I, I can remember watching a Blake Seven they they had these guns that looked like um, swords almost like little lances yeah remember that? yeah they would yeah. pick them off the wall and i just remember watching one and the crew members running down the hall and to your point about like no we can't do another take her gun goes off while she's running 
like she <laughs> she hits the trigger and the light bulb goes off and they just kept that in you know they didn't add a sound effect or anything but i was i remember watching this go yeah this is a bbc show um you know it, it's it's just it makes me you know back in the day when we'd see this stuff there was you know we we maybe didn't notice or we'd see the occasional stumble or a flubbed line or something. Now that we can actually look at some of this raw stuff that shows up on DVDs, that, that was the first time I really understood the pressure that everybody always talked about that, that they were under for the show. And, and every director that's ever interviewed for doctor who would say the same thing. Like I wanted to do it. Everybody wanted to do this show. It was a prestigious show because it got a lot of, you know, ratings, big ratings and everything, a lot of viewership. Um, but it, I knew I was getting into a nightmare because it was going to be a nightmare because, you know, and, and, and then you appreciate more of the stories like, you know, horror of Fang Rock because it's, you know, a, a, a kind of an isolated location and it's period and there, there, it's easier to do the period stuff than it is to make an entire new, uh, civilization or castle or, you know, space station or something. And then the ships and everything, but they always, they never, they never really, were lazy about the weaponry. I always no. thought it was no, no. different almost every time, and I was always impressed with that, you know. And um, and then uh, you know, and Star Trek did it now and then. There were some different. The Klingon gun is really cool. This <laughs> wonderfully designed. Now Star Trek, the 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 designer for uh, the Star Trek. I want to get his name because I actually have a book on the design of Star Trek. Um, and this guy did a lot of cool stuff. He's this uh, wonderful. Uh, okay, it was it was designed by Matt Jeffries and John Jeffries, but it was also worked on by a guy by the name of Wa Chang. You ever heard okay. of Wa Chang? No, doesn't ring a bell. I, I don't know many of the names uh, off the top. Of he he's in this book. He lived to be almost a hundred. Oh wow. Um, but he was a he was a Chinese American uh, designer and sculptor. And some of the stuff he worked on, I'm just going to try and see if I can't find his uh, IMDb because he, he would make Spock ears. And this book had um, this book actually had like an invoice he wrote to Paramount for Spock ears. Oh, but yeah. he, you know, he worked on Planet of the Apes. He worked on um, he worked on Land of the Lost. He did the dinosaur character design. Um, some of the other stuff I'm just trying to find because. I think he worked on um, for for George Powell. Oh, as well, yeah. Seven Faces of Doctor Lau, Jack the Giant Killer, you know, uh, the Time Machine, stuff like that. Like he was he was a, a really interesting cat. And um, I just I do have a book just on the design of Star Trek that um, well, it's gorgeous. It's it's really a nice thing to look at. Um, and like I said, I wish there was a design of Doctor Who one like that. Yeah, it, it's just um, uh, it's kind of shocking with all the stuff that's out there that no one's ever, ever done that for, you know, for how iconic so much of that that stuff is. And I just appreciate it more as the years go on. The more the more I know what went into the, you know, making the show, the, the more impressive it is. I mean, it's just uh you know the time the the time strain that they were under the budget of course but then you know trying to get stuff approved or say this is what we're going to do or like i mean i remember the remember that uh, there's that great documentary that came out for talons of wang chiang i think it's called who's doctor who oh yeah hosted by melvin bragg and 
and it's great because it was one of the first times you got to see rehearsals and uh you know the the prop shop and stuff like that and making the rat and and they're making that this that big the big uh dragon statue um that uh magnus Greel has out of styrofoam out of a huge block of styrofoam and mm-hmm. using you know little little bone saws to kind of smooth it out and everything and spray it you know you wouldn't really know and of course it was on a tiny television that wasn't high def you know and everything um but the the inventiveness too you know of, of course they used rubber gloves and they used you know all kinds of things that were household items to make these things but there's a lot of creativity going on with that yeah yeah you know and it, you know a lot of iconic stuff got put produced there and even um, the, even though it's not a weapon as such the sonic screwdriver is a pretty cool design too it's not yeah i agree do you know it's a thunderbirds microphone i don't know if i knew that i don't know if i knew that yeah it's it's i think it's two thunderbirds props put together um if i'm not mistaken that would make Uh, i look i was watching something on youtube about it and i was like oh that's something i never knew uh because uh you know when those kind of programs um went off the air they would just sell whatever they could that wasn't um you know all the props and and famously if you are watching like uh the green death of doctor who you will see the um the moon base from ufo is the set for the computer um and uh i think invisible enemy has like the desks from space 1999 oh wow i know that they there was a there was a, a 60s serial, and now I can't think of which one. I think it was the maybe Hartnell's last one. Maybe it was the Cyberman one or something. And uh, the, the, there's like uh, futuristic astronauts in it, and the yeah. the jumpsuits they're wearing. Uh, yeah, they, they make it. To, they make it to Star Wars. They make it to Star Wars, and, and it ends up yeah. on Bosk. You know, it ends up on Bosk, but I think it actually is in Star Wars as well. I think there's just a dude walking around wearing oh, it in the cantina. It was a, it's a dude with the giant sideburns. I yeah, think. yeah, it's yeah. the space sideburns guy. Yeah, I, <laughs> he's I my the favorite. world's biggest Star Wars. <laughs> he's my well, I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the, like, um, there's some big push right now, and I like I don't collect Star Wars, but to make action figures of the two um, ladies. Um, oh yeah, the two the, the singers. The, the two are they singers? No, no, they have like. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry, they don't have cigarettes. I'm thinking of the dude with the cigarette holder that's smoking. Oh no, the, it's like the two they're sisters. They've like, got weird hair. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually surprised they haven't made them yet. I'm surprised at this point they haven't made every single character in that, in every shot of that cantina. And I mean, I don't, you know, I think they made the bartender at some point and. Um, it's kind of surprising they haven't made the twins or whatever they're called. Yeah. Well, I could see why they didn't make them um, when we were kids. Um, you know, uh, we would be, you know, hard pressed to want, um, you know, a couple of uh, I, like I don't a couple of women for the cantina. Like we would have just wanted the aliens. Hey, hey, hey speak for yourself. Okay. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, you and your little medallion when you're. You were invite who you want to your cantina, and I've got. Yeah. I got stuff going on at mine. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, but but you know, yeah, at the time probably, and also it might have been. I don't know what it might have been implying with their what they're what they were doing there but um well yeah i mean i don't know either um but what's they're the only in it for like two seconds you know there's a push to um to get uh figures made of them there there is because i think one of the actresses um one of the actresses um it was not at one point was not into it and now is i think that's what i read because i was curious it's like how come we have like I thought, yeah, like you, I thought, well, we've gotten everything, haven't we? You know, and I think, and again, don't get me, you know, but I think I've also read that they don't know how to get a hold of that Sideburns guy to make a figure of him. Like, um, like there's one other character there that nobody, or if they have, they, they can't seem to track him down to get his, like, consent to be a figure. Wow, you know? so they, so they don't they no longer have like it wasn't that all that all those faces were covered licensing wise yeah like i think that um i think that likeness is important here and and um you know while they would obviously like you know they own harrison ford and mark hamill forever um they probably didn't lock down a lot of these people right you, you know um like famously, I, you know, it, it seems like they didn't have Peter Cushing. Um, oh, yeah. Is that is that why we never got him as kids? I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah, I I, I thought that was part of it. Um, oh wow. Because you know, how would you not have Grand Moff Tarkin? You know. Yeah, it always bugged me as a kid. Mm. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, those weapons are awesome. The Han pistol is is probably my favorite sci-fi uh gun the stormtrooper rifle is fantastic um there's not a huge amount of i guess variety within well you've got you've got chewbacca's laser crossbow yeah the the, the crossbow and you've got the one there's a great one that that luke uses for two seconds in return of the jedi that's a a more sleek kind of not quite oh yeah bigger gun yeah um, I mean, all that design is 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 great, but um, you know, Luke got the same gun as Han in the second film, and you know, Boba Fett's got a cool a cool weapon, and um, you know, all well, of that. That's stuff. basically a walking weapon, right? Like he's got gadgets and. Um, yeah, and he's got that. He's got he's got you know, like a cool pistol, and he's got that that sort of. It's almost like a not not a not a sawn off uh, shotgun, but it's like a it's like a. A, a cylinder kind of rifle in the front. Oh, I know, I know it really well because my yeah. son had one as a kid, and the batteries just refused to die on this thing. I mean, this <laughs> you could we could shoot this thing for almost until he was in high school. Um, I think it finally died. Like it's still kicking around. Um, but just yeah, like he was that? Boba Fett one year, and um, that thing I, I that thing I want to say is like built off of an old like rifle of some kind i know that's silly but like an a, you know a real um yeah, no they they did i mean the um yeah like the, it's a han's gun is a mauser right the, yeah it's it's a modified mauser and i think the um i you know the the i mean the, again the ingenuity you know in 76 to get all this stuff made was was pretty and i think they all fired blanks on set um yeah you know, the lightsaber, I think, was a 
think was like taken off of I'm going to get this wrong more. I don't know a ton about this stuff, but it was like a um, part of the old old cameras, like the, the handle bit where the where the where yeah. the uh, well, light bulb went, you know, for a flash, like mm-hmm. a, I think that part or something. And then they took a bunch of those and started, you know, futzing with them, I think, maybe. Yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of I just kind of googled this, and I guess Boba Fett's rifle is based on some kind of a flare gun, um, which which makes sense because you can see the pistol part of it um, very obviously when you're holding. Like I know I have I had like a you know a Hasbro toy of it, but you can see the origins of it, even though yeah. I think my son's was like bright green. Why we're in the in the neighborhood of the years these things were happening. Um, Battlestar Galactica, they had a cool gun. That original series, I think, had a really cool. Did you um, like that blaster? I liked that blaster. They never made it as a toy, but yeah. I liked that. They, they the, used that generic gun and slapped a label on it. The um, heaviness of it, because it seemed like it was, it was like a heavy gun. It had a fat front. Yeah, that I, that, I didn't like that one. Oh. Um, style-wise, I always found it bulky. Uh, but I have a really funny story relating to that thing. Of course. Um, in college, I used to deal toys, and I also, um, you know, would uh, go to a to- set up the toy show on Saturday night and then go to parties, you know. I was, and um, there was just this one night where I got I got hammered the night before, and the show was only ten minutes away from my house and in like at the airport. And I lived not far. So anyway, I was an hour late for the show <laughs> and I was hung over, like super hung over. And like when you're 24. So, so wait, so know, the, place, the place opens and there's no one at your table. No, I was splitting a table with a dude. Oh, OK. okay. But that dude, that dude was not happy with me. And um, <laughs> I was next to a guy who uh, sold prop replicas. Mm hmm. And, you know, no offense to and I can't tell if it was the hangover. No, he was, he was a bit obnoxious. Um, he had the same spiel. You know, what he was trying to do was get everyone to touch the stuff, you know, that, that old thing of, you know, once they get it in their hands, you know. Right. And what I found funny was his choice was the Battlestar Galactica pistol. Mm. He kept handing it to people, but they, nobody knew what it was. <laughs> and he was going, I'll give you a, a hint. It's got Lauren Green in it. He did that like 55 times that day. <laughs> and like by the end of this, I was just like ready to shoot him with it. You know, like <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I did it or not, but I swear to God, I just said it's from Battlestar Galactica. Like I, <laughs> to one person, I like I was just so sick of hearing it. Nobody bought it, huh? No one bought it because they just didn't know. Like they see the, he had other stuff that was much more uh, recognizable, like phasers mm. and Star Wars guns. But he, mm. for some reason, I, and maybe that was it. He he was really trying to push that. And I, I honestly don't think the guy made a single sale. Um, well, I might have, I might have, I might have bought it. I don't know. Can't say for sure if it was an authentic prop, because it just seems like a one piece with no moving parts, like a. A true sort of. It wasn't prop. an authentic prop. It was a replica. Oh, it was a replica. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 I like, don't I like it, that, eh? 
Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's just, oh, I always thought it was like a, 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 a you know, a heavy gun. It looked, it looked cool, good in, in their hands and it wasn't trying to look like other stuff either. I thought it was kind of its own, its own thing. Um, not, a, I think they had, there might've been a rifle used in an episode of that too. Some, somewhere, I forget. Um, Cylons used rifles, right? Oh, the side. What am I thinking? The that, that was a cool gun too, because that was like, that had a weird, had a great sound, and it had that sort of bayonet thing on the front. Yeah, that like lightning bolt bayonet. Yeah. yeah, which was very cool. Um, and they had swords too. Yeah. I don't know if they ever used in the show, but man, I love that design. They used them in the Marvel comic to kill Baltar, which confused the hell out of me as a kid. Oh, that's right. They killed him in the comic. Mm-hmm. They imply it. They imply it in the movie, right? Or the, or the mm-hmm. pilot. Don't they imply it? But then he comes back. Yeah, I think they had to bring him back because they didn't have like a, a a bad guy. Right. I was completely confused by Battlestar Galactica as a kid. I I, I didn't Did understand what was going on. The documentary too. Pardon me. Did you think that was a documentary too? Like like. No, Star- I didn't think that was a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I want that dog. Where can I get one of those? <laughs> oh no, that would that that I remember is the schoolyard thing. It was like, there's a monkey in there, and like, you're lying, you know turns out that was totally true i feel so uh, bad and once i knew that there was a chimp in that thing i never I, I i never liked the daggett thing but i always felt now i feel like oh i can't it's hard to watch that poor chimp i look- swore the kid's name was foxy when i was a kid and <laughs> i just remember going what a, that's so odd because like foxy was a very popular word in the late 70s right foxy I also well, didn't know who was who. I, like I, I just remember being kind of like um, uh, not uh, not not a fan. And but I was really into Buck Rogers. But oddly, I do not love the weaponry of Buck Rogers. I like the I like the gun. I always wanted the gun as a kid. And there was one set that got made that I had that I think was made by multiple. And it was it it came with the it was like a belt. And it came with, I think, ID and maybe a, 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 a plastic Tweaky that had. Yeah, that's HG Toys. HG Toys. And you press the button on Tweaky's chest and it lights up and it tells you Morse code. And it's got a little dial on his front kind of thing. But yeah. Of, did that come with a blaster? One of those came with a came with a blaster that was like a, it looked like a like a sort of mini um, like a little mini machine gun. When you pulled the trigger, it made a you know sound and it oh, had wow. would look like a clip in the front now i could be getting it mixed up with another set and i just pretended that that was the buck rogers gun but i swear there was a set that was made that came with it didn't look it didn't look like the one in the in the show um, oh yeah 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 so i always wanted that because i always thought it was because that's a big gun too like when they when he does forgive the if he doesn't when he does pull it out the gun it's yeah. uh it's a it's a it's a huge gun. It's really big. Like it's a like it's a it's almost like he's carrying a 44 Magnum <laughs> through space because it's a yeah. really long and 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 it's a you know a big gun. So I always kind of I thought it was kind of cool. Um, but uh, but right there, there's there's not a ton of um, I mean Battlestar Galactica that was a big show to me because that was like you know Star Wars was everything at the time and that show came on and it was like. 
you know, to, to a kid's eyes, you're seeing, you know, what looks like Star Wars effects in, in, on TV and, uh, you know, bad guys and lasers and whatever. And, you know, I, I, I ate it up. Buck Rogers, of course, I think I watched it as much as you did. And I, you know, had some of the toys and stuff and, um, you know, loved, loved it as a kid, loved the, went to the movie and loved the, 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 the show and everything. Um, but then the thing I really wanted from that time, and I still want to this day, are the guns from the black hole. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, ex- I'm with you on that. I love that design. That Holy double. Shit. I don't know how practical a weapon that would be. Um, you know, when, when you look at some of this stuff, you're like, mm, you know, wouldn't that you know, you know how you you sometimes look at sci-fi weaponry now and go, wouldn't that blow their arm off? Or, <laughs> uh, but that that gun is and, and and combined with the fact that Disney sort of like used their animators for the laser gun effects. Yeah. Which yeah. which is kind of surreal when you watch it now. Like you know, it, it's a lot different than what other movies and television shows were doing at the time. Right. And um, yeah, I. There, there's something about that gun. I would love. I, I almost bought one. Uh, some guy was 3D printing them locally. Oh. And I was at a show, and um, I saw it in the morning, you know, and I did my rounds, and I was like, I, I think, because I, I think he only wanted like 40 bucks for it. And um, when I came back, it, I, I, or no, sorry, I, I, I got distracted. I got talking to people. I did lunch with a friend, and I went home. And then, you know, on the way home, I'm like, oh crap. Because um, I, I would have that that would have been a really cool thing to own. I, I you know being a big fan of the black hole like you are. I, I love a, a lot of the designs in that movie. I think that design is just about the best thing in there. I think it's such a because it was like you know I mean what was the thing we were talking about? Oh, it was Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I don't know. Uh, I think that gun was not in the comic prior to the black hole, right? Like the black hole wasn't getting inspiration from. Did no, that... no. Star Lord had a like just a generic. Um, oh, okay. Because that gun. one showed up, and I saw the gun. I'm like, oh my god, it's the black hole. It's totally yeah. You know, that that's there's got to be a connection there somewhere. Uh, and didn't and then you a few years ago, you unearthed a, a, a catalog photo showing yeah. that Migo almost made it, and my friggin' heart stopped. I was like, oh. My God, of all the stuff they could have made and the Italian stuff and the obscure figures, why didn't they make that? Well, that? here's the thing. I don't know if it like I think it's Migo. Uh, but what the catalog is actually Mark's um, Mark's oh. Toys, oh, the okay. UK distributor for Migo. And um, I think if I'm not mistaken, um you know, somebody else could have uh, been the um, been the like had the license for it and and produced that prop. But what I find strange is that um, Disney was pretty insistent on no guns, from what I understand or what I've read. Okay. Um, only one character in the the action figure series comes with a gun. And that is the um, the Century Robot or the Star figure, which is basically the same figure. Um, so I'm just I've never been able 
you know, to, to figure out if Miga was going to make that or somebody else was trying to make that. And, you know, Marx or Marx was trying to make it because um, but it, it seems strange because it is on the um, it is on the page with the Migo figures. But there's also a game that Migo did not produce. That was Marx. Um, so it's hard to say there's yo-yos, but it's mostly Migo product. So, you know, I don't well, know. What was it, what was it going to do? Like, did it light up? Did it, I it forget. was going to have flashing lights and make a laser sound. Oh my and God. And it is, it is absolutely gorgeous. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'd love to see it. Everything. Oh no, the Palomino didn't get made either. Almost everything else did get, probably get made, so it's a little disappointing. But they were going to make—I think they were going to make black hole yo-yos and you know, that. Um, that and man, if they had made that gun, yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would never have left the house, or I would have taken it with me, pretty much everywhere. It, yeah, I that one left an impression on me. The the, uh, the only other sci-fi weapon that really left that big impression on me as a kid was the Logan's Run blaster. Um, because it was so oh. damn unique. Now I'm trying um, to picture the Logan's Run. Oh, the, the Sandman. Sandman. Yeah. yeah, that's a cool gun. Doesn't that have things that like flip out when it, when it? What you have to do is you. It actually, what what happens is nothing moves on it. Um, but the uh, it actually was like a butane lighter. And right. uh, holes on the sides of the of the the cone in the front or the the the. Yeah. the Front. And so when the, you pull the trigger, there's like a burst that comes out of those holes in the front, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I fired one, and the thing gets super hot too. Um, but it's That's super cool. neat. That's a cool gun. That reminds me a little bit of the Galactica gun, kind of, because it's got that thicker bit at the end. Yeah, it's, it's just a little sleeker towards sleeker, the back. Yeah. And yeah. and um, to me, it's just that is the coolest science fiction gun ever. Um, Another gun I really like, and going back to Star Trek, is the original phaser from the pilot. The yeah, great gun. That's a great yeah. gun. And that you cut the top of it. Yeah. You, you, yeah, that's a cool gun. Yeah. I think I like that better than the classic phaser. And the classic phaser is a work of art. It looks really cool. Well, what's interesting, um, it's got the same angled handle that's what made those both of those designs so interesting is that the 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 handle of the phaser is got that weird angle to it which most guns don't have you know what i'm saying it's got that kind of it's it's tilted sort of yeah 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 it's it's got yeah exactly and um yeah that's a cool design and and the rifle too that big friggin rifle that uh they had oh yeah 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 i forgot about that that's um, cool. and, the, and the, an old school communicator that's different than it's much thicker and and like metal and bigger. Yeah, I think that's really interesting that, that that like I don't know how the genesis of that happened. I guess it's Roddenberry filming two pilots, but it it definitely looks like it's from an earlier era in every way. Oh yeah, you know, like the cage looks like a flashback episode that was filmed you know earlier, and they put some money into it and um i just i just find that really interesting that they they not only changed the uniforms and uh, like everything changed yeah you know it actually made playmates actually made 
a toy of the original phaser. I have it. Yeah, I've got it somewhere, and I just thought of it now because you you rotate, you click the the front bit, and yeah. it's the setting. I think and the batteries on that lasted twenty years too. Like I think up until a couple years ago, I could well, still they're, like they're the, you know. the lithium the lithium crystals. I think to to uh, <laughs> so they're they're probably going to last a while. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's a very cool design. And then um, you know, Empire, of course, you know, and all, and all that. Uh, you know, same stuff from, from Star Wars. Um, but uh, the next thing, I guess you could say Tron had weapons with the disc thing, which was just kind of, it was just kind of cool because there was that time, you know, even if people only sort of knew about the thing where a fr- every Frisbee became, if you were a little kid, like every yeah, Frisbee yeah, became, yeah, yeah. you know, you're in Tron playing playing disc stuff. But the one that blew my head off was the the gun that Deckard uses in Blade Runner. Yeah, and, you're a big fan of that. Oh, um, I just think that's one of the greatest designs ever really? in the history of, of science fiction. Oh, I just, I love it. I just love it. It's so, I mean, it's it sounds like a cannon, but it's just, it's just so distinctive. You know, it looks, it to me, it, it lines up perfectly with all of the design in that in that film, where um, it it all feels like that is what that future would have been, like. Like no, nothing is too, um, you know, we can look back now and think, well, the tech would have moved on, you know, been different things or, you know, they, they still didn't need to do this or this. But like so much of it holds up as, yeah, that's what they would be doing in the future. And that that gun just seems like a, you know, designed to just, you know, kill people, basically. Just it's just got it's like a friggin cannon. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah. I love it. I love it. The, and I like uh, the, the, I like what they did. That? I, I like that they brought it back for 2049, but they they designed new pistols. And the one that that uh, Gosling has, um, I love that one too. It's a very cool design. It's just just distinctive. Just um, you know, these are guns. They're not exactly laser weapons, kind of, but it's futuristic. So I guess I I put it on the list. But, yeah, it uh, makes sense. I, 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 absolutely. I mean, it is it's sci-fi weaponry. Exactly what we uh, what we set out to do. Um, of the '80s, I would have to say that uh, V had some really cool hardware. Yeah, had cool. Yeah, because they because it had like a, it didn't have two barrels, right? It wasn't like black hole. Mm-mm. It had like a, a a place to put your hand or your fingers or something. Yeah, it was like a handle over top and yeah. like a base, almost like the almost very similar in in structure to the black hole gun, but only one barrel. Yes, um, that cool gun. That was cool. Yeah. And Although I always thought it was funny the way the lasers moved on V, because it almost seemed like they you know they were kind of slow. <laughs> you know. I, I have to tell you, I haven't seen V. Since I can't even remember. Oh. I, I thought of watching it again because I remember it was just one of those things that everybody had to see. And I'll never forget the, you know, the the climax or the or the or the cliffhanger. Maybe it was. Was that was it the cliffhanger? The big thing with the the teenage girl and the was that the cliffhanger? Yeah, that was that was definitely there was a lot of uh, stuff left in the. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry. Here's left. The- Here's what I remember. Here's my memory of V, like that moment of being this zeitgeist thing, like like me and like you know junior high, 
you know, I was in a class of like 25 girls and like eight boys. Maybe it was like 28 girls and eight boys. So I enjoyed that. And I didn't. My Good place gr- to be. Yeah. My, my grades suffered, of course, because I had to be the funny guy in class kind of thing. But it was like, you know, I could just picture me like at the water cooler, you know, in the hallway, you know, at the office, but it's junior high. And yeah, talk- yeah. And I was talking to somebody or a couple of girls about V and, oh, my God, did you see it last night? We were talking about it. And it was right around the same time that Quiet Riot had put out a, their cover of Come On, Feel the Noise. No, and that's, was, that's, uh, that's, um, um, was it Come quiet? On, Feel the Noise. Oh, yeah. it was Quiet Riot. I'm sorry. Yeah, they did, they did a cover. They did a cover. It was yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, they, they, they both, weren't both their songs Slade covers? Wasn't Mama We're All Crazy Now? Um uh, Quiet Riot too, and that was a Slade. Well yeah. That was a Slade song, but I yeah. think I think Quiet I think, Riot covered they did, they did. Yeah, they covered that one too. Okay, so I just remember it was in that same conversation and then somebody mentioned come on feel the noise and I it was however old I was like, you know it's a cover, you know that's a cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. They didn't write that song. That um. That's another band called Slade, and um. Yeah, they covered it, so it's not their song, you know. And then cue those three people walking away from me, probably like going to. The, I have to go to lunch now. Oh, yeah. You want to know about any other cover tunes or whatever? But that's. I remember it was right around that same time, and there was the same conversation about. Quiet Riot and the climax of V. And so I always put the two together in my memory banks for some reason. <laughs> That's pretty funny, man. <laughs> it's funny how our brains work like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I should rewatch that because I, I, it's, you know, I mean, it's got Michael Ironside in it, for God's sake. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with that. And the, uh, the, the miniseries is still hold up. Um, I've watched the series with my wife a couple of times because I have it on like DVD. Um, they just clearly don't know what they're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. It goes in all directions. It goes through like uh, a couple of like, let's change everything. And, and what I really think is funny is like mid season, like all of a sudden the intro has a narrator. And um, I think it's, I think it's Danny dark like the the guy who would do the super friend superman oh and he's explaining the entire show so <laughs> i i think there like, must have been like a recap yeah this long recap and and i think it must have been um uh like some sort of um sorry some sort of um uh like audience feedback where people um, gotcha. just didn't, like, you know, they, they got these cards that said, I don't know what's going on, you know. So they needed <laughs> so, some some recaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think the series ends on a cliffhanger that, of course, never gets resolved. I, and, uh, I also remember having it out in the den once and my mom being in the room. And I think I think she was. I think she was kind of over it at the time. Like she just, she wanted to watch something. And, and, you know, Mark Singer was the, he was the Beastmaster. I knew him from the Beast. And so I was like, I said something like, yeah, that guy, he's the hero. His name, I mean, it's a Mark Singer guy. Isn't he cool? And I think my mom was like, is he though? 
she she gave some kind of snark answer like is he though like she just didn't understand what the appeal of, of Mark Singer was and that was it that's like the most she ever said about, <laughs> about V that was it and I was like yeah he, he's pretty cool you know because he was the friggin hero of the show like and I loved Beastmaster like I thought that I think she took me to that, in fact. Aren't there boobies in Beastmaster? Don't you see somebody's butt? Or I'm pretty sure you do, yeah. Um, it, 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 I recently watched, um, I recently watched um, uh, that on Amazon Prime. And I remember like thinking, boy, this is a lot longer than I remember it. Um, <laughs> Always a sign of quality. Well, you- no, it's, it's not that it's bad it's still a good movie what i mean is um no, fine movie it's good what, there's there's like, like two endings almost like big, you, you think it's over and then they're like no no there's more and and you're just sort of like why you know did uh did Cosciarelli write that too yeah i think so he wrote you wrote it too um th- those bat guys i i remember seeing it you know i don't know oh yeah those guys are cool seven eight years ago and i thought that's really graphic what they're mm-hmm. doing for for a PG movie that kids saw because they basically you know grab people with their wings and then they let go and there's like you know bones and entrails and stuff fall down to the ground right isn't that their their method of of killing yeah and, I, I it's I can't believe it's not fresh in my mind it was a PG movie so I there's that doesn't mean anything in eighty two no, there could have yeah, it was it was just like, wow, this is much more violent than I remember seeing when I was a little kid. You are missing one of your favorite movie weapons of the 80s, though. Oh, do tell. The Glaive from Krull. <laughs> okay, how speaking many of, of a lot longer than I remember it. Um, how many replicas of that have you bought over the years? Um, that would be zero. <laughs> I'll tell you, Krull has become a thing. I don't know how it happened, and I'm not bad-mouthing it. It sounds like I am, but no. I saw it. I think I might have had a comic if it happened, um, and I was excited to see it. And I rewatched it, I don't know, 10 years ago maybe, and uh, it's, eh, you know, it's got some cool things in it. And the, the bad guys at the beginning are pretty cool. But, man, is it taken on a mythical status. The oh, last- the vistas in that movie are... Lord of the Rings has nothing on it, you know, like just these scenes of them walking and you're just like, I, I think it could have been tightened. Um, <laughs> I will admit, I never saw it as a kid. Um, I do remember as an, like a teenager when I was going to shops to try and find vintage, you know, old store stock. I ran into a lot of Krull coloring books. I remember that. I remember there was like no one bought one of those. Um, so I, the first time I ever saw Krull, I was at a bachelor party. I was hosting a bachelor party. Oh, this is good. And this the, the the groom had passed out because he really didn't drink all that much, and mm-hmm. I I don't know, it could have been like three or four in the morning. And I'm sitting with one of the other groomsmen, and Krull comes on, and this guy just geeks out. Like he knew every scene, and you know, was like, I'm going, like I'm, you know, pretty drunk at the time. And I'm like, is that Liam Neeson? You know, and 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 it is. And um, 
there was some spider and I, I have no idea. I I am shocked, you know, in this era of everything in the 80s was amazing, which, you know, uh, I guess if you were a kid, uh, but um, there's no Krull like Glaive merchandise, you know, like the one thing I think you could sell from Krull is a replica of the Glaive. Does that even exist? No, no. They made a board game. I remember the cover of Starlog was like the, the yearbook, the whatever year preview sort of, and the cover montage had, uh, you know, uh, the cover collage sort of cover had different pictures from different movies. And then I had a shot of one of the Power Lords figures and the Krull board game was either on the cover or the inside article of Starlog. Um, I don't think they, they I, I eventually tracked down once on eBay. I got the, the two little figures, little army men type figures that came with the game of the dude, Prince, Prince uh, Knockoff, whatever his name is. And then um, the, the beast that's yeah. in, you know, they made a little army men type figure of him and I have him somewhere. Um, but I never bought the game, but that was it. Uh, and then our pal Tim Barron, of course, did the Cyclops figure. Um, yeah. Go, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, but no, the Glaive. You'd think somebody, some prop replica type place would. They've made some. There's a company that has made official ones for uh, uh, Fifth Element and you know other uh, you know cultish kind of movies. And I'm surprised yeah. no, one, no one has ever made that thing. And that's the thing that everybody remembers from it. And the next thing yeah. I recall is the uh the attack at the beginning which is kind of cool and the big guard the design of those big guard dudes that that come in i saw an article i mean i don't know what site this was but i'm not crazy somebody one of these 80s type sites reprinted an article from i think the movie was 82 and the the contest the studio ran was have a crawl wedding you could win. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. In a crow wedding. And then what they would do is like give you a certain budget and, and you'd have to decorate the wedding with all kinds of <laughs> crawl things, exchange, exchange the glaive. And then I think they would send a couple of the guards, like some hire some, you know, extras to put on the outfits and stand around your wedding or something. And somebody won. And I think they had the wedding and this, the site posted the contest, what the contest was, and then the pictures of the wedding, I think. I think it actually happened. Somebody actually, I mean, I'm sure only four people signed up for the contest, so <laughs> you yeah, yeah. love them. <laughs> Odds but, are one in four. We won! <laughs> yeah, because like, if you think about it, first of all, you have to be having a wedding, um, yeah. so that eliminates a lot of people. Um, yeah. And then second of all, you have to want a crawl wedding right um so cut to 10 years later when things are going badly this is all because you made us do that crawl wedding yeah they helped pay for it and the guards showed up and come on i just picture like like aunts and uncles going like is this a star war what what is this (laughs) um yeah it was but what a weird it's such it's got to be the oddest contest that a studio ever ever pulled but they there was no master i don't think there was a master toy license for it or 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 anything but it just it's all in that mix of all these things that were trying to get lightning to strike the way 
you know, fantasy or sci-fi had. And yeah. so much of it. You I'll, know, I'll so bet you anything somebody optioned Krull for action figures. You think? Yeah, I do. I I, I, I don't Probably. know if we'll ever know who it is, but. Um, Ertl. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of, wait a minute. Speaking of guns and stuff, what about the redesign of the phaser for the motion picture? What's your thoughts on that? I like it. Um, I think it's kind of cool. Uh, and, and I always like the way the security guards had like helmets. Yeah. In that, in that. But I will go on to record and say I think the hardware in Star Trek: The Next Generation sucks. Um, We're gonna get I letters. Hate them. I know I'm gonna get angry, angry letters from. We're gonna get letters. Yeah, I, I'm not the world's biggest Star Trek the next generation fan but i always hated what they did with the phaser like first it looked like a little bus dust buster and then um i have a they, i think they redesigned it i just never cottoned to the way they looked at all i have a theory and that is that when you look at motion picture it's got roddenberry written all over it mm-hmm. and the design of the of the costumes and the you know his fingerprints are all over it and then by the time you get to next generation of course studio says look we're going to take a break here buddy and we're <laughs> going to do the next five you know with these uniforms and whatever and then next generation happens and i think he has a lot more input and you see the uniforms come back they're similar to motion picture etc and this this notion of like the, you know utopia where there's no money and you know everybody's equal and everything is beautiful and there's no conflict and I, I get the feeling that he stepped in and said, I, we got to make a different design. I don't want it to look like a like a gun. It's got to look more benign than that or something. Um, because they made the, they had the type two. I'm sorry, is type one the little tiny one? Or is that the type two? You know, the one that Kirk would use is like a little mini one. I don't remember. Because, that, um, because that's a cool idea right there. That from 66 or whatever it was, whenever they sort of, first did it where the little unit pops out of the main like the little unit is actually the power. i think that's really cool yeah it's really a cool idea and then some episodes he's only using the, yeah. the little remote control thing which is and i always a- wondered why they did that um uh but yeah i, I um i know exactly what you're saying i always loved like, that 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 the, the variety in it and can we just talk about i mean I don't know if your mind was as confused as my. I, I I could never figure out how they kept the guns and the tri, the communicators on their uh, outfits. I didn't know that was Velcro as a kid. I just thought, oh, this is some futuristic thing that they're. I don't know how they're doing it on the show, but they're not wearing a belt. They're not putting it in a holster. They're just sticking it to the side of themselves, and it was friggin' Velcro, I think. <laughs> Which is pretty, pretty. That's a pretty cool idea. Like the TV audience is going, oh, it's just like it's floating on their waist. It doesn't, how Except it? that you know you could easily take someone's gun away from them. You know? uh, yeah, but not if it's magnetic Velcro. Oh, okay, yeah, but you know Morty Seinfeld would really hate it. Oh, Morty would hate getting into conflict with anybody yeah. that yeah. had. And communicators <laughs> just get phased <laughs> right <laughs> not um um no but i so the little thing so when the next generation they made that that small one but then the first one i the first design it truly looks like a mini dustbuster 
yeah, or a big it. old remote control. They modified it, I think, by the time like first contact maybe or so, and it got a little more sleek. a little definition, a little more sleek. Yeah. And then I think then somebody said, you know, put a rifle in Picard's hands, for God's sake. And so in first contact, you know, he and Alfred Woodard are going around shooting the shit out of everything. Um, which you never had in that show, I don't think, any of the, the, the heroes. So I think yeah, it just... I think a lot of Star Trek fans aren't really fans of those... Like, TNG fans aren't really fans of some of those movies because they're... Um, I think they kind of betray the concept of the show. Isn't that true? Like, I, I'm... Um, I'm not a big TNG fan, and I can't even revisit the movies. I tried. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I gotta, I'm always very careful about how I criticize because, you know, I've seen some of deep space nine everyone says that's the that's the the beauty yeah i've heard of, a lot of good things too all those things um yeah. the uh the um next generation i've certainly seen a lot of and i think when it works it works very well and when it mm-hmm. doesn't it doesn't um and then i've seen i've seen every episode thanks to college like i'm you know i have yeah. seen every single episode and discuss the the one the what was the one voyager I know I tried a couple of times. Dis- no, not Discovery. Enterprise. I tried a couple of times. It just for a while for me it becomes like the Bourne movies. Like, you know, the the the, the Bourne. Mo- I, I defy anyone to tell me the difference between one, two, and three in the Bourne movies. It's just one big movie. He's just on the. He's just <laughs> he's just on the run, figuring out who he is and killing a bunch of people. There's no actual. There's no actual like MacGuffin or something that he has to get to or someone's in peril or whatever. It's the same thing. So sometimes a lot of the Star Trek stuff after the classic cast just kind of becomes uh, in one big, big soup for me. And I've I've tried the new one, um, which has some cool concepts in it and some some cool episodes. And and then the second season of it, they they did the the back and forth with uh, Captain Pike. So Captain Pike shows up with number one and there's a new Spock, you know, a new yeah. actor playing, playing Spock. And that's when it kind of came to life. And I went, well, this is what I really want. Like I'd watch a Captain Pike show with that. It's got more of a sleek design of what that enterprise looked like. And, you know, it's a little more glossy and stuff, but the, the uniforms have color and there's, there's just a, a vibe to it. And I go, that's what, and I think they're making, they're finally making that show. I think uh, Captain Pike show, I think, I think you're right. I think, uh, I think it's called strange new worlds. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, in for that. Cause that, that's cool. And then I watched Picard too. And um, I could, I couldn't, but then again, like why did I sign up for that when I'm not a fan of, I mean, like you know. I watched Patrick Stewart, you know, standing in a hole. He's, he's brilliant. Um, but I just, I just, I just, I'm that's a watching, Seth MacFarlane production. I'm just watching it going, really? Like, this is, this is mm. what coaxed you out of, out of retirement to do this part. Like, this is the story. Like, this is where we're going with, like, it just felt very derivative to me. Like we've seen this a million times and it's not, um, it's funny because when I think of Star Trek, I think of two, two incarnations, not six incarnations or whatever it's been. I think classic series, classic movies, classic mm-hmm. cast movies, and then everything else. Because, <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> and the rest of the people. Because, because um, you know, that even, even the films have, 
you know, a fair amount. There's action in them. They still have the feel of the show, which was you can be cerebral in some episodes and you can talk about big, heavy things and time travel or whatever and still shoot people and have some action. Whereas the rest of them just seem like, I don't know, just never, they never really caught on for me. And I've really tried. I've really tried with them. But Yeah, uh, my wife was a huge fan of... Um... Uh, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, Voyager. Mm. Uh, like, but, you know, um, but I couldn't, like, you know, I was often in the same room when she watched it, but I just never could get into it the way she did. Um, I tried Enterprise. Uh, I remember when it was new, and uh, I, you know, it, it looked like I've heard good things about all of it, and it's, and I don't want to put it down for anybody. My God. Uh, it just, it just doesn't take with me, you know? Um, yeah, and no, that, that's fine. You know, I can't like everything. A lot of care taken, and you know, budget and effects and everything else. It's just, uh, you know, I've I've tried, and um, it's not not uh, not quite done it done it for me. Um, and then um, where do we go in the '80s with weapons? I mean, can I throw in Ghostbusters? Those aren't really weapons, but I love the the, the sticks and the proton packs and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting design. It's a well de- well done movie for design for sure. I mean it's a weird, it, you know, it's like a it's not quite a fire hose and it's not you know a yeah. rifle. It's a it's a stick. It's a strange kind of stick that doesn't have a trigger so to speak. And that's kind of that's kind of cool. There was some care taken with that. They tried to make it real and um and then we kind of then it kind of where do we go from there? Kind of you know, there's not there's not a lot of weaponry after that, right? Oh boy. Uh, well, I mean, there's Dune. Um, oh my God, how could I forget? Oh my God. Yeah. Hey, you're the I Dune forget? guy. I'm not. Oh my uh, God. That is that's another one that I was just talking about the other day. Um, design wise, it doesn't doesn't matter what anybody thinks of the movie. Design wise, it's unbelievable. The costumes and the sets and the 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 ships um the cities uh but the weaponry is really cool too and um you know they they the the ljn made two guns in that toy line the fremen pistol and the solder car pistol and they're really trippy designs like like a, a tilted handle it's again Sardic? i always thought it was sardukar i've never heard anyone say it um sardukar oh, sardukar yeah, well, okay. that's, that's what the emperor says, like the legion of my Sadrakar troops or something. They uh, they're weird looking guns too. Like they're that, not like any other sci-fi movie that I can think of. Yeah, they're very strange. And then there's even one that Patrick Stewart again, who's who plays uh, Gurney Halleck in Dune. He has this pistol that's like it's like just a square box. It looks almost like a a large. Yeah, I remember that thing. Cigarette case with a little you know tip at the end and then this this handle that goes within it's metal it just it just you know thinking outside the box design for this stuff and uh i I love all that stuff i think there's a lot of um you know the big giant rifle that they one of them carries around that i think uh the beast has it at some point or something and uh yeah that's that's great and the fact that they made toys of those guns yeah is crazy to me like there was nothing for any of the star trek movies except 
for the Ertl figures and the Galoob. Oh, no, I take it back. I take it back. They made, Ertl also made a phaser for Star Trek Three, But it is... Did they? Yeah, but it's not. It looks like the... Do you remember the... Wait, mis- that, it's, it's the label slapped... Um, isn't it the same gun that we got for uh, Battlestar Galactica? Yes, and they then they and then Mattel reused it as in green as the Ming pistol from Flash. Well, no, I think Mattel actually used it before Ertl. Um, Mattel used it in '78 for Battlestar Galactica. Then they used it again in '79 for they made a Flash Gordon pistol and a Ming pistol. Uh, it's for, Daisy Toy who did that, by the way, not not Ertl um, for Star oh, so, Trek okay, Three. So Daisy, okay, so Ertl made the. Phaser. But it is the same. It is that it's, same white it's gun. It's the same Pardon? gun. Yeah, it's the same gun, right? Yeah, and all it has is the Star Trek logo on the side. <laughs> and believe it or not, I have a document from Mego that shows some Buck Rogers toys they were trying to, you know, get out to the market, and they were going to release. That same white guns with the Buck Rogers Earth Defense logo on it. Wow. Um, Little they, dial. They never got it. The dial has three settings, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's a Taiwanese. Like, Taiwan was where every electronic toy seemed to come from mm-hmm. at this time. I'm not really sure why, but every ad um, from vintage, you know, toy trade magazines shows Taiwan as being, this is where you get electronic toys and you do, I think I actually have an ad with that gun in it. And it's obvious that all these companies just went, oh, you know, it's just cheaper rather than develop a gun. We'll just, you know, license this thing. Yeah. And, and kids, and our logo on. <clears throat> the, th- the thing I always wonder about is <laughs> how many kids out there were like us looking at it going, well, that doesn't look anything like the gun that was in the show. Well, I think that the, most you know, of the people the, the, in the Italian group would tell the, you that they were all like that. That's why we we hang out. Okay. Um, but like the general populace, because here, here's what's brilliant about, and I think this is a little Easter egg that I'm sure people know about, but it's just, I love it so much. Um, the Mattel range of, action figures for Flash Gordon, the animated series, which have really taken off the last 10 years or so. People just seem to really have woke, you know, woke up to that, that line of stuff. They made the figures, they made a Ming shuttle, they made the inflatable rocket ship, and they made the two guns, the Ming and the Flash Gordon gun. Um, the, The genius is the little Flash Gordon figure comes with a little miniature white gun that is the a sculpted version of that pistol with the yeah. little, little egg at the end. And I never, I never thought I, cause it, you never, he never uses a gun like that in the show. And as a kid, I'm going, what, what is What's the thing? And they gave Ming one and it's, it's almost the same, but with a different front, a different nose. Um, and then many years later now, well, not many, but quite a few years later, when I first found the Ming pistol, in an auction, and I didn't know that it existed in 79, because I certainly never saw it. Um, and I, I took it out of the box, and I went, oh, my God, that's that's the gun. And so I thought that was really sharp that they, they took the time to make the gun look like the one they knew was going to come out, which was yeah. that that design, you know? Just a, just well, a they, they, I think the, the Battlestar one came out first, right? 
the Battlestar, the, the electronic gun, yeah, that came out that came out first. And they made a rifle too, because there was that rifle that they that they. Oh, that's right. Similar. They made a long rifle too. Yeah, it's uh, in a really beautiful box. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's a yeah, great. Thing. That stuff always ticked me off as a kid. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Like, come on, man, just make the right thing, you know. But it was just, and it and it made noise and you know lit up and you know. That was enough. I mean, I thought... You know, the, you know, the one gun that looked like the Battlestar Galactica gun is the Kusan Sonic Phaser. I don't know if you've ever seen that toy. Um, I think it's called Sonic Phaser. Okay. And it was a generic... Yeah, Kusan Toys Sonic Phaser. Uh, it was a generic um, space gun. Now, it had a bit of a fin on it, but I always thought it looked a lot like the Battlestar Galactica gun. Mm. And, you know, it had all these different sounds. I think it had a, let me see, I'm just trying to think what it had on the side here, if I can read it. Um, yeah, radiate, ion, transport, anti-gravity, mass invert, amplify. Wow. <laughs> nonsense, which is, but it, it kind of has that vibe where it looks like a cross between um, the Lost in Space guns and the Battlestar Galactica gun. So so when did that first when did that um when did that electronic design that pistol design when did it first come out in America then I would say it it came out like in 78 Okay um I think it is done in response to Star Wars Yeah you know Yeah they they seem to make they made because there was a bunch of just generic ones that came out too with that design yeah. Oh that's what I mean like the Kusan uh, Sonic Phaser is probably one of the more successful knockoffs, you know, and the box has a guy that looks like on Solo, you know, with a cape, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's ringing a bell. This is definitely. Yeah. But, you know, like Radio Shack released a bunch of stuff. There was, yeah, there was definitely tons of that stuff out there. And, um, you know, we were better for it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, laser guns. You know, I mean, it was that it was the, you know, I mean, all those if you've ever seen any of those marks commercials for like the, the kids are watching TV and there's like they're watching a World War Two show and and the, the guy, the army guy in the in the TV goes, hey, here you go. And throws him a machine gun and the kids. Yeah, like, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you watch like 60s commercials before like action figures really took off. And that was like the number one thing to sell to boys was <laughs> yeah. guns. Army guns. And they just got more and more like we were my wife and I were watching like an hour of classic toy commercials one night and it's just insane, you know, like this one shoots <laughs> missiles. You, had, you, know? you had a V a V marathon and then an hour of classic toy commercials with your with your wife. Oh yeah, we would do that all the time. Um that's awesome. Sorry, go ahead. What in the Yeah, it just I we were just amused at like I guess boys were just supposed to kill each other. You know? <laughs> It's true. It was it was you had the Western stuff and then. the Oh, army, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the spy stuff. There were Western, a lot of spy. spy and war. Yep. Uh, and, yep. and sometimes they would sell like, you know, this is a battleship and all that thing did was shoot missiles, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I always loved the one that made that machine gun sound, too. It's like that's a lot of killing for kids just to run around. and. That's the funny thing, too, is like I always love the the rifle designs from Planet of the Apes. You know, I consider that sci fi weaponry. That's that's the one with the it's got that it's got that 
sort of a hole in the side kind of like yeah a, yeah yeah it looks like it looks they, they made the effort to make it look like uh, a non-human designed it yeah you know, it's it's yeah it's, um that's a cool and thing. now did we ever get that as a toy never um you know, Mego just recycled Action Jackson. I think he got it on the model kits. I think the model kit had it, but um, Mego designed it as, uh, you know, just used an Action Jackson rifle and nobody cared. And Mattel got the license for the guns and they just, um, they just used, I think, a Colt 45, like a Western pistol that probably wasn't selling that good anymore. Um, and, uh like yeah a rapid uh, they had they had a fanner they actually called it a fanner because you know all the shootouts in the old west we had on planet of the apes and then they just took a rifle like a machine gun and slapped the planet of the apes logo on there and they included a mask it's a tommy gun yeah it's a tommy gun (laughs) Tommy gun. Yeah. I don't know yeah. And yeah. and what's really funny about that is those are like some of the rarest Planet of the Apes toys out there. Those go for huge money. And um, you know, like we're talking a thousand bucks for one of those in a box. Well, see, that's why that's why I think the Mego stuff, it's so interesting that that they really did take the time with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I mean they made they made communicators. Did they look yeah. exactly like the ones in the, in in the show? I didn't really notice as a kid. I just well, knew the, the little sculpted communicator and phaser from the figures is dead on. They're great. Oh, perfect. The the, yeah. the walkie talk. I'm saying the walkie talkie ones. I didn't even. I, don't, I think I must have used them as walkie talkies maybe a couple of times. Um, yeah. It's just that it had that chirp, like when you hit the button. Yeah, they, they they had to accommodate what they could afford in transistors right. and, and all that. Right. But know, I mean. So. They didn't just recycle some some thing. They made friggin' communicators. And then when they made the the phaser, or when Remco and when Migo made the phaser, they they used the design. They they took yeah. the time to make something, you know, accurate. And I would say that for the rack toys too. Um, that design. Yeah, AHI. That was really um, interesting. How much they, because you 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 know those kind of companies didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but AHI did that with the Space 1999 and Star Trek. They, yeah. But of course, um, they also made a they made water pistols of the Enterprise, which looked really good. So they did one of the Eagle, and that kind of looks like a penis. It's not the greatest choice of uh, you know guns for kids. Hey, you know, you you take what you could get back then. But see, I yeah. think that really clever idea the ship thing it's it's wacky and it's insane but i there's something about it that's so insane that i just i just love it like oh yeah no i I applaud it i wish we had more of it these days but the Um, base 1999 i mean they made they made you know remco i think made one that with the lights on it and the sounds you had the, the disc shooting ones you had i think there was a third third maybe they made it three or four times like a water gun so they got a third one I mean, that well, got- H- Remco had the master license, and they did the big the electronic deluxe one. Then they included one that fired discs in the um, utility belt, yeah. and then they made one that was a flashlight. Um, oh yeah. And it, uh, what was the other one? Um, did they do? Oh, my favorite one was the water gun. When I was a kid, that was the closest thing to a prop replica you were gonna get, and it's 
I don't own all of the you like Space 1999 carded stuff, but that yeah. was like, Ooh. yeah, no, no. I I need I had so much fun with that toy that I needed to track it down and keep it, you know. Um Do you know what because it is the best thing ever. Yeah, but. it's just a beautiful design, but it's funny you say squirt gun cuz it just made me think of something. I remember as a kid seeing some of the motion picture stuff out. I remember, I think I got a few of the fig, maybe a couple figures. Um, I certainly remember being at like a children's palace where there was just a ton of stuff. But I don't, I don't think I got any of the 12 inch ones. I, I don't remember. Um, but I know I was somewhere once and I saw the, the new phaser as a squirt gun. And I don't yes, think. Yes, you, you, you did. Um, I think I the, got it. The motion like, picture phaser? the motion picture phaser. So then yeah. you cut to 84, 83 or 84, whatever. And I'm starting to get intergalactic trading company, newspaper type, you know, style catalogs would come through the mail. And they had the motion picture squirt gun in there. Uh, yeah. They must've found like a surplus of them. Well, and- I gotta be honest with you in the late eighties, a friend of mine was traveling in the States and he brought me back a box of them. See, like they, he said like, they found these at a gift shop, and I know you like Star Trek and you sell old toys, so I pay, I paid them for them. But how I much think they were like two bucks each. Who who made that one? Who made that motion picture? Uh, Remember? It's not South Bend. Damn it! Uh, you know, South, I've, I've South Bend made the electronic one, right? The electronic battle one, the the two that like you could do a battle with. Yeah, it was made by Aviva, uh, a division of Hasbro, believe it or not. Aviva. Um, and yeah. Had- like a blue, like a dark blue card. Terrible one color card. Yeah. One color card. I remember that thing like it was yesterday. And I I think I eventually got one years later. I don't remember, but I don't think I got it. But I remember opening up that catalog for Intergalactic and seeing that was when they had that phaser. And it was very cheap, I think, too, at the time. And yeah. they had um, the, the ceramic decanter of Spock. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You'd see that at every Star Trek convention. They had, like, a surplus of those at Intergalactic. Yeah. And then they they showed all the toy products coming out for 84, and they had pre-orders for Dune and pre-orders for the Ertl figures from Star Trek and the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom uh, figures was all in this same issue. And I just – it must have been 1984, and I just was going, this is – Look at all this stuff. What you know? a time to be alive. What a time to be a boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, there you go. There's our there's our space weapons. And we l- always love hearing everybody's thoughts on all this stuff. So, yeah, please tell us what we missed. Maybe we can do a follow up. You know, I can I'm sure as soon as we hang up, I'm going to think of 10 different things that we could have talked about. And that's fine. We need more material. Yeah, I, I just I'm, I know I'm missing something major. And mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, kind of, duh. I'm looking at the wall here. Flash Gordon, the movie. Flash Gordon. Oh, I've never heard of it. <laughs> um, obviously, the sword is iconic in yeah, that. Yeah, of course. But, but that's got really trippy weaponry in it, too. Yeah, you know? style, stylistic um, very, looking very, stuff. Very, very like Italian. You can tell that some Italian speed freak. <laughs> designed a bunch of this shit because it's mental and yeah, like, I, I like the one rifle i think prince baron carries around for a while there yeah um, he's he takes it off that tripod and it's like a big yeah. machine gun type thing um you've got ming's ring you've got kala's ring that shoots fire 
um, the weaponry is all different, and it's strange looking. Like if you if you ever look up any of these images or prop images, yeah, they're they're very shots, very um, curvy. Everything's yeah. curvy. Yes, yeah. not straightforward. And again, we you know as everyone knows, we never got toys for the movie until yours truly did something about that. But um, we never got the only thing we got for for the movie that weaponry Lone Star did a cap pistol. Yeah, that looks nothing like anything in the film. Nothing like anything in the film. Beautiful packaging. But the cap pistol is actually a modified Captain Scarlet Lone Star cap gun. Ah. Which And the Captain Scarlet gun that they did, because Lone Star did all this stuff. They did a Thunderbirds gun. They did Captain Scarlet gun, Joe 90, um, uh, all the Bond stuff in the, in the 60s, and Man from Uncle, you know. Um, this, and that stuff was dead on. I mean, the Captain Scarlet, I always find it interesting that they're puppet shows, but they made, you know, human sized, <laughs> you know, pro, as if they're real characters, like real people. You know, the Tracy family all had these guns and they made and Lone Star made them as as toys. Um, yeah, so, I actually remember, um, oddly enough, you know, talking about reusing molds. I want to say it was from Stingray. I, I used to collect uh, the the magazine. What was that magazine? SIG. Gary Anderson magazine, and they would show the merchandise, and there was a Stingray water pistol in there, and um, I think it was by Lincoln International, and um, I was walking in a store, like in 19, I'd say like 87, and there it was with a different card. Oh, and And then I realized, like years later... That was also that Dalek fluid neutralizer. Yes. Like that that mold got used a ton. Um, And but it was still being used in the late 80s just as generic water pistols. And they did a now that you mention it, Lone Star also did a a Dalek. um, I don't know. I don't think I don't think it was called disintegrator pistol, but it's basically like a generic kind of uh, uh, gun that you, you know, you shove in a suction cup dart in the front yeah and it, it was called like the dalek you know rocket uh, gun rocket gun that was it that was yeah it. So even, even doctor who <laughs> yeah the, you know the doctor the character that doesn't really even he got that show got something because everybody was gun crazy in the 60s oh so, yeah 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 so all that's right our look at weaponry that's our that's our show about medieval weaponry next week <laughs> We'll do the weapons of Conan the Barbarian. I don't know anything about Conan the Barbarian. No, no. This will keep us busy. This will keep people busy talking about stuff. Love to keep hear the what conversation going. Yeah, let's let's talk about this in the Pod Stallions Facebook book. Sorry, in the Pod Stallions Facebook group or in the comments on our YouTube channel. Oh, oh, one more, one more. The Ultraman team. The Ultraman. Oh series. my God. Prior to uh, Ultra 7, the Ultraman show, that show, that gun is so friggin' cool. And actually, all the weaponry in those shows is insane. But I love Everything about Ultraman 66, like, no no offense to... I mean, I love the ship. I love the uniforms. Um, everything is really, really cool in that Science Patrol stuff. I yeah. even like the animation that, like, those guns fire that kind of, like, weird lightning... You know, um, oh yeah. There's there's nothing wrong with that stuff. I love the look and design of it. 
I forget the company who made it. They made a, a replica, a toy. Um, There's Ultraman or. Well, no, I mean they just they just made the gun the gun like a year ago or two years ago. Um, oh yeah. That that it, you put it in two different modes. One mode it makes like gun sounds, and you flick this tiny little switch in the handle, put the cover back on, and when you pull the trigger each time, it's a sound of a different mo- kaiju that Ultraman fought in the show. Mm, so that might be that might be Bandai. Maybe it is Bandai. It comes on a stand and it's got like a little rocket attachment and silencer yeah, attachment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's Bandai. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I just don't okay. have enough shovels, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, there you go, everyone. I hope you learned something. I know I did. And uh, I did. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs>